This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. Experts say banks and retailers are doing all they can to control concerns in the aftermath of the Epsilon email breach. And a well-crafted email fooled an RSA employee into opening a fish that led to a sophisticated attack on the company's information systems. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, here with the Week in Review for Friday, April 8, 2011. Experts say banks and retailers are doing all they can to control the consumer concerns in the aftermath of the Epsilon email breach. Communicating with customers about the incident and warning them not to click on links and phishing emails are all these impacted institutions and companies really can do, says Jeremiah Grossman, Chief Technology Officer of White Hat Security. There is nothing to offer customers directly in this case, Grossman says. Financial institutions should be moving down the path of authenticating transactions, such as back-end fraud monitoring, rather than authenticating the identity of a person. Epsilon, an email marketing unit of Alliance Data Systems, announced April 1 that an outside intrusion had hacked into some of its customer files. Epsilon sends email campaigns and offers to consumers who register for a company's website or who give their email addresses while shopping. Getting to the bottom of the breach would be beneficial, not only for banks and retailers, but also for consumers, Grossman says. A lot of people would find it helpful if Epsilon made the technical details of how the breach occurred public, he says. Without specifics, it's difficult to know what exactly happened, the extent of the breach, and if their actions will help make sure this doesn't happen in the future. But that may be information even Epsilon does not know, given the entangled relationship it has with other e-marketers and email list providers. Figuring out how the lists were leaked or breached may be as challenging as determining which link in the chain led to the compromise. Now, after this short break, I'll be right back with more news highlights from our week. Are you responsible for your institution's compliance program? Do ATM fraud, ACH fraud, and online fraud keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the BankInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit BankInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. A well-crafted email with the subject line, 2011 Recruitment Plan, tricked an RSA employee into retrieving the correspondence from a junk mail folder and opening the message containing a virus that led to a sophisticated attack on the company's information systems. That's according to a top technologist at RSA. An Excel spreadsheet attached to the email contained a zero-day exploit that led to the installation of a backdoor virus, exploiting an Adobe Flash vulnerability, which Adobe has since patched. RSA revealed on March 17th that an attacker targeted its Secure ID two-factor authentication product in what it termed an advanced persistent threat breach. An APT refers to a sophisticated and clandestine means to gain continual persistent intelligence on a group, such as a nation or corporation. And we wrap up the week with an update about the Heartland Payment Systems breach. A U.S. District Court in Texas has granted motions made by Heartland Bank and KeyBank to dismiss civil actions brought against them for their involvement in the 2009 Heartland Payments breach. The Heartland breach impacted an estimated 130 million U.S. payments cards. Heartland Bank and KeyBank, both acquiring banks for Heartland Payment Systems, 
along with Heartland Payment Systems, a year ago filed motions with the district court in Houston to dismiss the cases against them, claiming the financial institution plaintiffs failed to state a claim. Heartland Bank also filed a motion to dismiss, based on lack of jurisdiction. On March 31st, the court granted dismissal motions for both banks, but not Heartland Payment Systems. Heartland Bank, based in Clayton, Missouri, has no operations in Texas. A status conference has been set for April 18th to determine where the case will be transferred. For KeyBank, the court granted the motion to dismiss based on the motion that the plaintiffs failed to state a claim. No decision has yet come down regarding Heartland Payment Systems' motion to dismiss. That's this week's Week in Review. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. Have a great week. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.